Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody. It's our September House Calls. It's that time of month to reflect and reminisce recharge, reinvent, and respond responsibly. Those are a lot of R's. Our last two shows were were based on pretty sad themes, pretty heavy themes, after I lost my husband, John, July 1st. The July show, for those who remember, was about loss and how to recover from the death of a loved one. Since then, I've been really touched by the immense response from listeners, as well as many friends and colleagues. God has sent me widows to comfort me in the wake of my husband's death. I'm really grateful to all the widows out there for their friendship and advice and also for my many gal pals who insist on taking me out to dinner to make sure that the widow is not starving. So they're feeding my stomach as well as my spirit and they're such good medicine for me, all my friends are. Last weekend, I had coffee with a physician friend of mine in Scottsdale. We were meeting up because he and his wife just welcomed their fourth baby. So he pulls up to the, uh, the coffee shop. I had the little bag of gifts for them. And he had met my husband, John, several months ago. And my friend expressed his condolences. And then he told me something I did not know. He shared with me that he had lost his first wife in a car accident about five years before he met and married his second wife. Uh, he had lost her when he was a resident in training, and she was in another state doing her neurosurgery residency. And... She, she died suddenly. She was in a car crash, and they'd only been married three years, no children. So I was really touched by the fact that he shared that with me. And what really moved me was the fact that he moved forward. He, he said he obviously had a rough time. Five years later, he had moved to Arizona. He had met his current wife. They got married, and he even actually went back and talked to his in-laws and asked them permission to marry again, and they blessed that. And here they are, they're on their fourth baby. And so you, you look at the symmetry in life. He had lost his wife. He struggled for several years. He met a beautiful woman. They got married. And there are four children who are alive today who would not have been born had that other one not passed away in a car accident. So you look at where life brings us. One life goes and other lives come in. So I, I look at that and I reflect about that symmetry in our life of of death and and rebirth. I think right now I always like to talk about my honorable mentions and I always am grateful for all my friends, their emails, their texts, their calls saying, how are you doing? Well, you know, I'm hanging in there, as they say. I'm just hanging in there. One day at a time, as we say in any type of recovery, and there are days it's one hour at a time, it's one minute at a time. Uh, The widows and widowers who have shared their grief and pain with me have been amazing. I thank my family and my friends. I also want to do a special mention to my cousins Remy Remy and Mary in San Diego who lost their mother, my Aunt Mary, three weeks ago who died at 87 and uh, we had her service last week in San Diego. Last month, we had two special guests, authors Hilda Villaverde and Mary Beth Stern, and they wrote such inspirational books about loss and struggle and survival and thriving. And they were amazing guests, and many people found that very uplifting, how to recover from from loss. So today, in our theme of moving forward with life, I want to go to the happy side. I want to go to joy and the gift of being playful. And as I look back at John, who died in July, One of the things he loved to do was fly. He loved to soar, he loved to fly. He did love cars, had a lot of cars, but he really truly loved to fly. And makes me ask myself and makes me ask you, my listeners, what is it that you love to do? And one of the things John did, because he loved to fly, I take comfort in knowing that he died doing what he loved to do. So if you reflect upon yourself, what is it that I do that I can say if I die, gee, Connie did doing what she loved to do. I guess, would that be shopping? Would that be having lunch with my friends? Would that be at the spa at the enchantment? Would that be holding my grandchildren? So it's something that you can ask yourself, what is it that I love to do that if I die doing it, they said, oh, well, at least he or she loved doing what they love. They died doing what they love to do. And it's a struggle for me to play because I've always been purposeful all my life. I've always been sort of a serious child. I've been a workaholic all my life, and it's something that John always 
would tease me about. He says, you don't have to work. And then I say, well, work, you know, play can be work. And this is my type of play. And he goes, well, what is, why do you keep working? And I, there was part of his thinking, well, I don't deserve the luxury of play. You know, and he says, well, you got to relook at that. And, and so it sadly had to take him dying for me to realize, I really need to play more. You know, and, and my assistant Sally goes, boss, you need to play. We need to go, you need to go play this weekend. So what do you do to play? As my listeners, what is it you do that you can play and enjoy and not feel guilty about? And even better, if your play is your form of work, that's even better because it's what you do. It's you don't have to work. It's really playful or joyful what you do. So I think of that. I, I think for myself, if I answer that question, I do mind play. I do I do work with with or I work or actually play with words, ideas, creativity. I like to write. So I have a passion for words and creating, and I always think words with wings that take off to become stories and books and hopefully TV series and movies. And I found a quote, or actually it found me, that Albert Einstein once said, creativity is intelligence having fun. So I'm thinking, wow, you know, I can escape and I can write funny, crazy stories. And I have 16 book ideas, and I tell the publishers out there, they're on my desktop at home would make great television series or great books which are chick lit, chick, you know, female literature, which are love stories that have sex and conflict and fascinating things. And that's my form of play, of creating characters that do that. So I believe being playful is really good for you. And I think it's one of the secrets to longevity that the people who are playful tend to live longer because they tend to be more joyful, more optimistic. I look at American presidents that I've served, three of them, and they actually had ways that they played uh, publicly that you can see them play. The big thing was golf. Uh, Bill Clinton loved to play golf. Uh, George Herbert Walker Bush played golf as well as uh, get out in his speedboat. And then W. Bush uh, was also a golfer, but he would jog, and now he currently bicycles. So they had something that was fun for them. Ronald Reagan rode horses on the ranch. That was something that was their form of play. But you start off in the beginning of life. Where does play come from? When you think of play, you think of kids, right? Child's play, right? And we talk about how play is, is such a requirement for growth and development. It's needed for healthy brain development. 75% of the brain develops after a baby's born in the years between birth and the early 20s. That's when you get brain development. So children are actually working away. That's their job is to play because they discover about the world. It stimulates their brain. They connect uh, neurons and synapses and brain cells and allows them to develop, develop motor skills when they throw a ball. But even before then, when they walk, they run, they jump, they're developing all these skills. The other thing kids do is make-believe. They pretend. You know, let's make-believe this. Let's try this. And it encourages them to be expressive, to be creative, to make up stories. It, the play it helps children with their executive function to uh, manage their time and attention. Okay, you've got, you're, you're going to go out and play for about 30 minutes, come back. You look at the way you manage time. Those are all important. How, what's your self-control? How do you manage your behavior? That's how you play with it. Can you play nice with people? You don't beat up people when you play. Do you play fair? The other is they call it the child's theory of the mind, which is the ability to walk in another person's shoes. It's to be compassionate. You know, when you play, let's say, let's pretend I'm the mommy, you're the daddy, you're the daddy, you're the mommy. You know, this happened. This is how I would feel. Now you pretend you're your friend here. This happened. Can you imagine being in their shoes? And that's important for them to experience that. Now, what about adults? You know, where, at what point do a lot of us no longer play? You know, as we get, you know, you got to get serious, got to work, you know, everything's got to work. And it can be tough at times because we live in such very busy, hectic times with not only our work, but 24-7 with our emails and our calls. And we're so reliant upon that. And so when you carve out leisure time, what do you do? Do you watch TV? Do you, you, know, do you, do you surf on the net? Do you go on the computer? I, I look at all the different things people find ways to play. In fact, I had dinner the other night with one of my friends who is a, uh, a breast surgeon and very feisty, amazing, super smart lady. And she, her play is movies. She's, she goes to the Telluride Film Festival every year. She's a member of a film club that meets, and then she reviews these. Totally different from what she does in her day job. Something totally amazing. The other gal who I had dinner with is also another physician who's a radiologist who during the day reviews films, 
but she has an additional gig. She's an actress who has been on on Star uh, on on uh, Star Trek Four, and one day I'll bring her into the studio because she talks about acting and doing her acting gigs, and that's totally different from her day job. People would never expect it, but that's that's her form of pre- uh, play. So we talked about how how play was great for kids, but what about adults? What does it do when we play? Number one, I think is important, it relieves stress. You can actually laugh. Laughter is such good medicine, you relieve, release endorphins. In fact, they used to have these clubs, I think they used to be in San Francisco, where they gather people and they just sit around and laugh, get people laugh. Um, I'm going to a concert uh, this weekend, and actually next week, and the comedian is Joe Coy, who's Filipino-American, and I saw him in Minneapolis a few months ago. And he's hilarious. You you laugh so hard you cry. And that's that's wonderful to release that and let go and be in that moment of laughter with everybody. Uh, play for adults is good for your brain function. If you play chess, if you do puzzles, you play activities and memory games, that's so important for your brain. Uh, for people for trying to avoid dementia, they say do crossword puzzles or jigsaw puzzles or a Sudoku or anything like that. Stimulate your, your mind and boost creativity. That's so important. Your relationships improve. Uh, I think one of the reasons my husband liked golf, the guys would hang out and they would be the time they had some type of social contact, even though they wouldn't be as inquisitive as women. I mean, he would come home and I'd say, who'd you play golf with? With Bob or John? And I go, well, what do they do for a living? I don't know. They're retired. Well, are they married? I don't know. They have kids. I don't know. I go, what did you guys talk about? Well, that was really a good shot. I mean, he was a good golfer. I'm like, okay, but that's your way to socialize and develop relationships. The other thing about play is it makes you feel young. You feel like a kid again. You you can be physically active. You can play tennis. You can play golf, go for a walk. But it's really, you revert to your younger years as a kid. And George Bernard, Bernard Shaw said it well. He said, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. So I guess I need to take my advice for longevity and really just play more. So again, play is great for our social skills, improves our social skills, our relationships, teaches us to cooperate better with people. Uh, it can help emotional wounds if, if you play fair and play right. And definitely humor, I think, is amazing medicine. I, I had on my show about a year ago my minister from Unity Spiritual, uh, Richard Mirage, and one of the things he did for play was he became, he studied being a stand-up comic. Of all people, uh, he was a stand-up comic. He, on Sundays, he would give his sermons, very brilliant sermons, but he went and he studied how hard it was to be a stand-up comic, and he would do these gigs and get up there, and and it made him a better lecturer, speaker, because he had that ability to convey a thought, but trying to do something out of your comfort zone, being stand-up comedy and exposing yourself in that way, I think was great fun for him and the creativity. So, But it was one of the things that you can do. And so I, I talk about, again, once again, play. So we're at almost a, a three-minute break here. We're going we're gonna to pause in a few minutes for a break and then come back. And to continue our theme for play, we're going to have our special guest in studio, James Patrick III, who is a very immensely talented individual entrepreneur who is in the auto industry. So stand by at Dr. Connie's house calls. We're talking about passion and play, and we're going to talk about wheels and the joy and the power of cars and Porsches with James Patrick. So stay tuned for more on Dr. Connie's house calls. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm 
I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. So this show is all about being joyful and play. And I realize, my goodness, this is what I do for play. I have a radio show. I think this is a blast. It really does. I always look forward to this show. I can play. Nobody's trying to control me other than the guys in the sound booth who said, okay, you got, you got so many minutes to talk. But to me, this is my play because I can invite my friends to speak, fascinating people. I can ask them anything on the air, although I'm pretty cautious about those things. And I can highlight different things and I can get to talk. So to me, this is play. But my special guest in studio is James E. Patrick III. I'm going to read his bio for you because he's an amazing, fascinating, talented person. James is a native Arizona. He was born in Phoenix. He studied business at University of Arizona as a wildcat. Then he studied fine arts at ASU as a sun double, where my boys had attended. He's the founder and CEO of a Patrick Motorworks, uh, which was established in 1989. It's a Phoenix-based specialty automotive business solely focused on the world-renowned Porsche brand. And uh, having, we actually own a Porsche. I have a Cayenne in Colorado. John has owned uh, Carrera. We love, we love our Porsche. So James enjoys the business like a hobby, saying it's, quote, never hard to go to work, just leaving at the end of the day as there is always more to accomplish. He's very visual, very artistic, with a passion for his trade. The combination has created a very structured and complete offering for the Porsche community. He's well known for many proprietary products. His company has developed many solutions-based products, upgrade conversion systems recognized by customers worldwide. He and his team of craftsmen often complete in-house product design, manufacturing, service for vintage and collectible model cars, including complete restoration services for metal, paint, upholstery, all to the highest level of detail. And I've seen them. They're amazing. During the last three decades, James has built a reputation for being very hands-on. This includes multiple vintage race car series championships behind the wheel, along with Concours winning results. Obviously, his hands and Hands and eyes are all over these cars. He enjoys scuba diving, mountain biking, architecture, food, and travel. When he, uh, while traveling to Easter Island, Chile, he met another Porsche-file at dinner during the conversation. They both realized they both had competed in the Rennsport Reunion, uh, Reunion 3, a Porsche racing event in Daytona International Speedway. It's a small world, isn't it? In other words, it is a small world. So, James, welcome to our show. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. Tell us, tell the audience what you do for a living. Well, for uh, just over 30 years, I've been uh, specializing in one brand of car product line and and, uh, focused on Porsche cars, uh, recognizing early on the historic and uh, uh, 
design values accompanying these cars for so many years and uh, the customers uh, are fantastic worldwide uh, just really passionate and enthusiastic about their hobby and play why did you pick Porsche you know Porsche kind of found me as well as I found Porsche cars. Uh, a girlfriend uh, in high school's father had a 911, and he let me detail and clean it and maintain it for him. And he loved the way I took passion and care of his car, so he always let me drive it. And once I uh, experienced the uh, value and you know performance control uh, input of the car and my enthusiasm was was never going to stop from there so i knew that i should stick with such a winning brand and that got you into the business how did you get in the business well later on um i was actually driving down the street uh in the arcadia neighborhood that i lived in it was one of my first porsche cars i had bought after selling quite a few other cars to get to this one vehicle and i met somebody driving down the street in a porsche we pulled over and talked and became friends and he had a little business out of his house selling uh specialty porsche parts worldwide infancy stages it was in the uh probably 1987 88 and uh, he offered me a job and I took him, I said, I wouldn't work out of your house, but I'll work out of a, a real location, a commercial location. So we leased a space and moved the business in. And I did the marketing and advertising and sales. And I fell in love with the business. It was easy for me to do every day. And uh, in a year and a half, I decided I had to take off and do my own thing. And, and that's what I started doing. And Do you have a business degree, a business background, or just you know business uh, economics and finance? uh, I studied at the U of A, and then I decided to transfer to ASU, and I switched to the Fine Arts College, and that's when another uh, big change in my life occurred. Uh, I was 21. My father had a sudden heart attack and passed away, and uh, later that semester, when I was trying to kind of put it all together in my head, uh, I had driven a old 1962 Volkswagen Beetle that I had restored to the Arts, Arts College uh, at ASU to pick up a, an art piece uh, at the end of the semester, a project. And the dean of the Arts College asked me if I would double parked in the no parking spot up <laughs> above, you know, the class. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, that was my car. And he said, well, he said, if you restored that car, that's your art medium. That's what you should be doing. Wow. So it, it, it really kind of pointed me in the direction of my passion was always to be around cars. And I was excited about the design, the look, the performance, and the prestige, and just the cars in general. Tell us what's special about your business. Well, we're, we're specializing in one brand product, uh, you know, which is Porsche cars. Um, we and I have developed with my team many components and parts that are basically solution relationship parts to the cars that allow you to upgrade and, and increase the performance and or reliability. Uh, also, we produce components that allow you to put the newer, bigger, powerful engines in the older cars. And um, I've gone to many of the largest aftermarket industry suppliers in the country, as well as a few in Europe, to manufacture parts specifically for me. So we've designed the product and had it manufactured overseas or in the U.S., and then we sell those products. So Do we you have own a, the patent for that? Does your company own that? No, we don't. We just have a lot of proprietary components that we've, f- you know, we, we've developed and we sell and we uh, have created a following worldwide. So we, we really have a big product line of pieces that we sell, as they called it in the economics classes, widgets. Yeah, you know, you right. just make all these little nuts and bolts right. and pieces. So we sell a lot of widgets to Porsche files around the world. Wow. How many Porsche files are out there? Out there? Millions, millions. Really? And, and, you know, the, the, the product line is so uh, well received by people around the world because I think it's a some, it's it's a it's an iconic component to people's lives. Everybody looks at a 911, yeah. the shape, the silhouette, the design of it's it. Beautiful. They all have a, uh, a respect for it. The lineage is very deep and steeped in great racing history. Um, and people compare it to class you know design um i think influence of uh, 
you know, success. Have you been to the uh, Porsche factory in Stuttgart? I have not, you actually. Need to we've, go. I know. We've, we've talked amazing. about this, and, and of all the places <laughs> I've been, that is the one place I have not been to. It's amazing. I went a couple <coughs> years ago with my husband because he was in the auto industry, and that was you go to, you do your pilgrimage there, and it's unbelievable. Hmm. It's unbelievable. What was your first car? What was it? 1965 uh, Mustang. Um, it was black with a white top, and uh, from there, uh, it just went on and on to... You don't you still know, have it, do you? No, I do it's, not. Yeah. I, I flipped it like so many <laughs> other cars growing up. I was uh, pretty prolific in buying and selling cars as a as a teenager. I It was, you know, cars, trucks, Were you known Jeeps. as the car guy in high school? I, I was. I was. One of my uh, good friends says he thought I had 40 cars in high school. Um at one time, I had what I called so much inventory that I had to park a few of them down the street from my parents' house. Did your parents know? Yeah, They didn't know I had oh those cars. I, had, I only had a few that I could keep at the house, but there were a few that were down the street in front of our neighbors' houses. That You have a serious car addiction. Yeah. So, was, oh, my gosh. Early so, on. You know, I, I look at you know people's identities, you know, to car. It's a big deal. You look at Jay Leno and all these... Jerry Seinfeld, I guess the Audis, I mean, they have their particular cars. What do you observe? Because you're in the car industry. You work with lots of clients and customers. You're a big Porsche guy. Can you generalize about what people are like, depending on their car, what kind of cars they like? You know, I think people, uh, they love the performance of the Porsche cars in general. Um, again, I think it's a status symbol and, and the quality and the, uh, again, the lineage of the, of the brand. Um, I have quite a few customers that have large car collections and they have a, a, a vast array of different cars from old Corvettes and old Ferraris and Jaguars and English cars and most of those guys like to pick a car or two of each different you know kind of era and manufacturer and they pick the cars that are most sought after for design and performance and again the Porsche cars have just always been very strong in, in almost every venue that they ever competed in racing from, you know, really the late 50s up. They have just always been successful in racing. They have the, lar- they have the best endurance racing hi- history of wins of any car manufacturer. Tell, you're, we're talking on the break a little bit about what you do for fun, for racing. Can you share with the audience what... Tell about your racing. Well, uh, we've, over the years, uh, raced cars successfully uh, in vintage class racing across the country, and uh, it is just a, a dream come true for a kid that watched racing on TV as a, you know, as a young child, and uh, I was able to fulfill those kind of, you know, the prophecy of being able to be a race car driver on my own without being born into the family of uh, Andretti or Unzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... You know, racing uh, and these cars has taught me to be very resourceful and uh, also just, you know, enjoy, put a smile on my face and drive down the road on the on a Sunday through my neighborhood and, and, and have people give you thumbs up when they <laughs> look at your car and, and they love the color or yeah. they love the style. It's an art. It's a, it's a yeah, piece it's, of art. It is. It's, it's rolling artwork. art. Yeah. And uh, there's a great appreciation. Uh, and it's not just men. It's women. It's kids. It's you know, all ages, everybody has a story that's somehow connected. Everybody knows somebody who had a car or a neighbor that had a car or a boyfriend or girlfriend or a father. Uh, it's it's really, a, it's been just a true blessing to be able to be in the car industry and at this level. Well, tell us, you know, you touched upon wife and, and you're married to a beautiful lady, Debbie here, who's in studio, who's just listening. She's very supportive. Can you share how you met her? We met um, in Scottsdale at the Phoenix Open Golf Tournament in, um, you know, uh, in January uh, years ago. And she was with a group of girlfriends and I was with a a group of guy friends. And it was a, uh, you know, social drinking event and a lot of fun and and a lot of beautiful girls and women. And I met my wife and I was immediately interested. And it did turn out that... uh, uh, she had a Porsche Carrera, uh, a black car, and I had a white Porsche at the time. And it, it turned out to be kind of a yin and yang yeah. uh, 
uh, You'd like relationship. the same type of car. Absolutely. It's a great I, sign. I figured any woman who could keep a black <laughs> Porsche clean in Scottsdale <laughs> and really had the respect of keeping her car super clean was somebody I was interested in being with. It's a good sign. <laughs> She's a keeper. How many years have you two been married? Uh, 17 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. When you look at all the cars in the world out there, is there one particular car you wish you owned? Boy, um, there are so many. I have to say, uh, I'm. It's it's really impossible for me to put my my one pick on that one and only car because I'm still pretty uh, uh, practical in that. Uh, you know, each car does something different for me. Uh, each car is either you know fast and loud, or maybe it's quiet and smooth and fast and um, you know, being here in Arizona, I have to like my air conditioning. So some of the cars have air conditioning. Many of them don't. The older cars don't have air conditioning. So there's so many cars. I mean, I, I obviously love the technology of the new Porsche cars and some of the new hybrid cars. The performance is, is world class. Uh, the reliability is also right there with it, which makes the Porsche cars so valuable and sought after. Um, I do have a brand new 2019 GT3 RS, which is a fantastic exciting, wow. exhilarating performance, yeah. you know, streetcar with great air conditioning and incredible power. <laughs> but there are some early cars that I have. Uh, you know, I have a 1965 911, which is the first year of the 911s in wow. the year I was born in 65. And I, I think, uh, again, they each serve their own purpose. So I, I'm very lucky. Where do you keep all your cars, James? Well, well, first of all, how many can you do? You remember how many cars can you even keep track? How many a, cars? A you little have? too many to admit in front of my <laughs> wife here. I think is the reality. Uh, a grateful recovering car addict. Yeah, yes. quite a few. Uh, you know, um, again, it's it's such a, a passion for me, and I love the history of all the different cars and what they've done and what they kind of represent for you know me and for the clients that I have. Most of them, I love building cars or restoring a car and building a custom performance hot rod, Porsche, um, different colors, different styles. Like I said, the sound, the performance, the setup. Everybody has a different appreciation for them, and that makes it a lot of fun when people come and see your car and they love the look or love the color and love the interior. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm lucky enough to have a seven-car garage with all Porsches inside of it, and uh, <laughs> I keep them all ready to drive and roll. And do you, what car do you drive every day to work, or do you just rotate? I have to admit, I have to have a truck. Oh, really? I love my <laughs> Silverado turbo diesel truck. All right. Yeah, I wish I didn't have to admit that, but uh, <laughs> you know, I just I like having a truck. It's, it's a Silverado. Yes, a it diesel? is. Oh, it is. It's a so. <laughs> when you drive your Porsche, like special events, dinner uh, on the weekends. Would you drive today to studio? Would you? Go I, to I did drive my truck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Porsche guy's driving a truck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I I I do drive the cars every few days to uh, the office. I drove one of my Porsches this morning to the gym early, and then back home. And then on the weekends. I drive my cars uh, both Saturdays and Sundays, and I, I find little reasons to go out and drive them for 30 or 45 minutes at a time and just exercise them and just, like I said, drive drive around and get thumbs up from people that respect them and, and see the cars on the road. So what does Debbie drive? Debbie's got a couple of Porsches in her garage, and she's got a, a new Cayenne Turbo, and she's also it's beautiful. Got a, I've seen it. And she's got a great Boxster S uh, that's a paint-to-sample uh, convertible as well. So she's got two little fun cars to drive. So if you can narrow it down to one car, if somebody said, you know, you can only have one car, w what car would that be? You know, I'd probably pick the Pinnacle uh, 918 Porsche Spider, which is a hybrid performance, you know, supercar. Uh, they're pretty untouchable financially. They're over a million dollars, but they're Jeez. really, really amazing cars uh, with the performance and technology. Uh, I would probably have to sell, you know, 10 of my cars to get that one car, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably what it would take. 
Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a real stellar car. It's too bad we're not on television showing these cars because people. It's a very emotional thing with cars. People really get worked up. Guys salivate. Women are just. These are the most amazing things when you see the cars and you hear them and the sound of the engine. I, I it was the sound of testosterone. I mean, it's just pretty amazing. Absolutely, it is. We're going to pause a little bit and come back because I want to ask you about women in cars because one of the things we we're exploring about you know we think of guys in cars but women drive a lot of us drive and a lot of us like sports cars so we'll come back to dr connie's house calls we are we have special guest james e patrick from patrick motorworks here in phoenix who is the guru of cars so come back in a few minutes and we'll talk more about the joy and passion of wheels Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to the last portion of our show for the month of September. And it's all about being joyful and play. And what a better way to play than go race your uh, your sports car, right? So I've got James Patrick from Patrick Motorworks here in Arizona, who is the big car guru. And he loves Porsche. And he was talking about all the cars he had and and just how it's actually an emotional thing. I mean, the beauty of a car, it's, first of all, the engineering, the style, the memories. And you, we were just talking about how some people name their cars. You don't name your cars, do you? I, I do not. I never have. Uh, but many <laughs> of my clients do. And uh, they are very ad- adamant about naming each of their cars. <laughs> and uh, it is, you know, I don't know where that comes from. I, honestly, I've, I really have Like their dogs, right? I think so. Talk to us about women car, owner, uh, car owners, because you know women drive a lot. And what do you what do you find about your women clients? Well, I, I do think uh, there is a big contingent of women owners of these cars and sports cars. I think that that uh, there could be more. I think there might be a little bit of an intimidation because of all the men that are, you, you know, kind of controlling, if you will, the industry. 
uh, in specialty sports cars and such. But uh, we find uh, quite a few women are passionate and involved in these cars. They have uh, sentimental reasons and sentimental values on the cars. And uh, a lot of them, I find, have been in introduced from their brothers or their fathers. So growing up as a little girl, uh, these women have spent time with the cars or on the farm with their dads and their, you know, trucks and, and automotive kind of background. And then they get into cars and sports cars and they're very passionate, big drivers. They really want to be behind the wheel. And uh, my wife is one of them. She uh, and her mm -hmm. father were connected in, in, to cars as, at a young age and she had quite a few interesting, you know, specialty cars, Mustangs and 280Z and Camaro and a BMW and so her father and she you know they both they they shared that passion together and obviously when I met her she had her Porsche so it is a kind of something that transcends those uh, the life of, of uh, a person and then they you know typically women f fall back and find those things that make them happy or find that that, that item that that brings them back to a good memory with their with oh, their yeah. fathers or brothers. Absolutely. You know, I have the hardest time. I've never <clears throat> bought a car by myself. I usually send my husband there. Well, I'll go in, he says, and he will tell me, well, don't be excited. Don't look like I, I want this car. Do not show any type of emotional excitement and be willing to walk away. I'm like, what? He goes, no, just listen to me. Let me do the talking. Let me walk away. Can you walk through the audience what you'd recommend for women car owners if they wanted to go buy a car? Yeah, sure. You know, a few things. Um, I always consider the facts of, you know, how many miles or how many, you know, how much time you put behind the wheel of a car daily and where you use it and how you use it. And, um, you know, we all drive cars quite a bit, put a lot of time behind the wheel, and I think we should be happy and excited behind the wheel of a car. I think uh, if it's your only car, then it has to be a utilitarian vehicle of some sort, whether it's, if it was a Porsche, it'd be something between a, maybe a Macan or a new Cayenne or something that's more of a sport utility vehicle. Um, although I would never suggest against a, a convertible or something fun. I just think that it has to be somewhat uh, realistic for your lifestyle. But if you're lucky enough to have a couple cars, then you should have a a sport utility vehicle, and then you should have a sports car. Right, um, right. I think that uh, I always ask clients, both men and women, when you're considering buying a car, you know, what's your favorite color? What's the color you like to look at, like mm -hmm. that you really are passionate about no matter what? Close your eyes, choose a color, and if that's the color you like to see, then that's the color you ought to pick for a car. It better be a color you really like to look at. So what are your cars? What are their colors? Oh, I have everything. I think blue is one of my favorite colors. So I have a bright blue. I have white. I have a, a green metallic special color. I have an orange car. I have a black car. And white. white. Yeah. A, White's quite, a, quite a few white cars. We see a lot in Arizona. It, white. It's, it, I, it's hard to have a black car in the summer here. Yes. But I like is. the white because you can see, people can see you coming. Your yeah. silver's a little bit. And it's, it's a lot cooler, it's too. It's a lot cooler. Yeah. <laughs> something about Porsche. Well, I usually see a lot of times it's a seal color. John's Carrera was a seal colored Porsche, mm -hmm. and it looks sort of like your generic Porsche. But I always love the white color. Yeah. It's a white color. It's amazing yeah. what, what happens with that. So, any ideas, any other suggestions about, well, how do you maintain these cars? What You, you try to drive them every so often. The, the older cars need to be driven continuously and, and regularly, uh, you know, no more than a resting time of about three weeks. But every one, two, three weeks, it's good to get them out and exercise them. They need to be exercised. Right, right. And uh, it's good for the driver and it's good for the car both. Um, it keeps everything, you know, the fuel moving, oil moving, and and it uh, keeps the car from just becoming stagnant. And typically, cars that sit leak oil, leak fluids. Mm -hmm. So driving them is one of the best uh, therapies for the car and for the owner. So every three weeks at least, <coughs> you got to take them out and drive them. I think so, yeah. two to three weeks. And, yeah. and I try really hard once a week to try to get each of the cars out to just get them out and drive them It's interesting you have around. to exercise those cars, right? It's like yeah. a, get them out, out there and exercise. Yeah, keep, well, they do. Keep, keep the tires and and everything moving along and rolling down the road. It really is an important thing with these cars. One of the things that impressed me about you is you work such long hours. How does that work for you? Is that something you just love to do? Or is this just is it, part of your I don't play? think about it too much. Yeah. I just, uh, 
I love going to work every day because to me it's it's just project after project. I like the excitement of the um, the details. The um, you know it's 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 the growth of a of a project or a car that keeps me going and keeps my customers excited and keeps everybody kind of connected to these these projects and these cars. I think that. Um, you know, it's just, it's easy to go to work and hard to go home. How big is your shop? I haven't been there yeah, yet. Our facility is uh, 33,500 square feet. Huge. And it has a couple, two-story sections in it, so it's actually very large. And we have basically all the different facets of the of the, the car process or restoration in-house. We have also a design and machining studio, so we have uh, computerized machining uh, going on where we're making components and parts that we've designed um, we also have an upholstery department, paint department, and metal shop department. Wow, how many people do you have working for you? Eighteen really? technicians right now, and, and uh, wow. yeah, it's it's really fun. It's it's really uh, it's great because you know years ago I had to be the main uh, wrench. Mm -hmm. uh, turning uh, the tools and keeping things moving. And now I have a great group of talented craftsmen that are able to fulfill the, the, the needs of my clients and as well my desires and the detail and performance of what they're doing. And I can walk through a few times during the day through each department, meet with the different technicians, make sure that everybody's got what they need. I'm kind of more of a facilitator, making sure that everybody has what they need and that they know the right direction that they're going and what my vision is and the details that I'm important that are important to me. Has it surprised you how big it's grown? What what you've seen happen with your company? It it, it is, but it is such a big industry worldwide there are so many people that do similar things to what we do and some do just one one aspect and mm -hmm. one facet um for me one of the reasons that we needed to grow and need to have all these different facets of the build uh in-house was primarily so we could keep the process moving and f moving along fast mm -hmm. um i'm uh, i'm very much driven by productivity and so for me seeing the start of a project in the morning and then seeing how it's going through the midday and in the afternoon watching what's occurred and then being able to look at the uh, progress of the day and say okay tomorrow we'll do this and just keep moving along and pushing it through the shop and we have kind of a little mini factory the way we designed the building and laid it out. You know one of the things that impresses me about your company and about you is the relationships with your clients. I know several of your clients are. Can you share a little bit about what you do to, to promote that? You were just in Pebble Beach a few months ago and with your clients there? Well, you know, again, it's just sharing the passion. These guys are all uh, friends of mine. They all love the cars like I do. They, um, they're into the little tiny details of, you know, the, the lug nuts and the nuts and bolts and the, clean, the cleanliness yeah. of little aspects of the car or the interior or the paint and the performance and so um, it's it's really easy to spend time with those clients because we're just kind of guys talking <laughs> the whole time when we're together we're just we're just we're just enjoying the passion of the cars and the details and then you know uh, at times, you know, certain clients are talking about what they want to do next to their next car, their next project, or they're thinking that they're going to get rid of one car to get another, and they want to get, you know, build something else or have something special, or um, they want to go to an event or they want to go to a race, and they just want to just share the car with other, you know, Porsche files and other enthusiasts. They love sharing their stories. I think that, you know, with these cars. Um, if even if it wasn't a Porsche car, I think that as kids and teenagers in high school, when we grow up, we all need an identity. And when you have a car or a truck or whatever vehicle this is, and in high school, people, you know, your identity was what car you drove, and and um, people love to be questioned or asked about their car, and so. The most clients, you know, when they go to the little coffee shop get-togethers on a Saturday morning, you know, part of it's about having somebody come up and say, wow, I love that color. What color is that? Or how long have you had this car? Or, you know, how did you 
do that or wh where did you get that done, whether it was work or where did you get those wheels or what kind of tires and how do you like the performance or I love the way your car sounds, the exhaust is great. Yeah. And so it just keeps people, you know, engaged. Yeah, the excitement is there. Yeah, and it's play. It's a, it's it really a, is. It's a safe way to play. You know, right. it keeps people out of trouble. And they appreciate it. It's artwork really on wheels. And then you have a camaraderie of people who own the simpler type of car. Yes. And with that, so so is there a next car you plan to get next? I mean, what do you think of next? I, I think one of the next cars we're going to build is going to be for my wife. And she's, she and I have been talking for a few years, actually, about building a custom kind of girls' edition sports car. It's going to be a Porsche. Oh, wow. But it's going to be her color and her style. And she wants to be involved in uh you know the restoration process, and and she wants. She says she wants to work with my technicians in the shop and see how it's done and be involved. Right, but, right. But uh, that's going to be one of our, I think, our next projects. Because you know, when I look at women, and we like it so that you know we like the style, the color. It's got to be, but you got to have a place for your purse right in the center console. It's got to fit the purse because you don't want it on the seat where you have to reach over. You got to have a place where your cell phone is, right? So it's there, and then a cup holder that actually fits. So it's all those <laughs> comfort items. But it's also how, it, how comfortable you are. And one of the joys I have in my practice is after I'm done seeing my patients, I always escort them out to their cars. And I say, oh, that's a nice Porsche. Or this is, I mean, I should take a survey what kind of car they have. The other day, one of my patients pulled up, and he had a brand-new Rolls-Royce. And he was showing me that, how, the, how the, the, uh, the doors open out like this. And he showed me how it is. I said, well, how is it on your back? Because that's important. Because a lot of people don't get into cars well. They just, they just put, they step into it versus sitting and then sliding in. You know, a lot of back injuries from that. But he was just, it, people are so proud of their cars. And I have quite a few who do, they collect cars. And it's just, it's just fun to watch. But almost all of them have Porsche. Almost yeah. all of them have a Porsche involved. But I'm just amazed. So what's next for your company? What's next for you? Well, we uh, we are just uh, very busy with all different facets of the of the industry for us. I mean, we deal with uh, a big group of local clients for service for streetcars as well as we do a very large uh, business in restoration and, and uh, rebuilding of classic Porsches. And then... Uh, we take care of quite a few track uh, race cars that are raced uh, both in vintage racing and in kind of club racing around the country. So we keep really busy in all those different facets. And I think for me, just uh, just really cleaning up all the different angles and areas of our business so that it can work, you know, better without me. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be able to uh, spend more time with my wife as I get a little older here, and um, I've already put in a lot of hours and I'm not I don't regret any of it but I do think that I work a lot of hours so I'm thinking yeah. about kind of playing a little bit differently good you know in a different arena good play is good well listen I'm winding down the show I want to thank you for being here James Patrick of Patrick Motor Works for being our special guest and sharing with us all about the the joy and the passion of of automobiles because they we all identify we drive but it's a part of our life, and it brings us tremendous joy and play. So thanks again for being on House Calls. And for everybody out there, have a wonderful week, have a wonderful month, and we'll uh, talk to you next month. God bless. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. Oh,